good evening, folks. Let me just make sure we're all set up online. And just pull this up. So just uh, good evening, everybody. January 17th, 6 o'clock for our third redistricting meeting. And just to go through the overview of the agenda, um, we'll come together. Um, we'll do some just quick check-in, provide an overview of the components and the updates and the feedback from last meeting. And then um, we will have Geo present, oops, present um, some of the information and provide some overviews of some scenarios based on the feedback, the data we've collected, and then what we'll do is how we've done in the past is allow opportunities for that, push out some information, and then allow you to process and gather and share information, and then get that back um, to us. Um, and then at the end, we will, um, we will wrap up and talk through like what the next steps are. We're actually looking at the potential of another meeting just to provide the time that we think it may take for us to really process this and whatnot. We'll put that out there to folks. We've been doing the hybrid um, meeting and we're trying to, to make that work uh, the best we can and people have taken advantage of it. So we would just put that out there to the folks online or in person that will continue to do so. Um, but wanted to just share just a brief update of kind of what you could expect today. And we will, for the folks online, and if you have a laptop, we will share the slide deck so that you have that to go through. But first, we wanted to allow um, AppGeo and Priya and her team to share, share the information in real time so that we're all kind of staying on the same pace and staying together. Okay. So a few more overview pieces um, before we kick into kick into the the scenarios we just want to kind of walk through the timeline of the project as well and here we talked about data gathering and then it got into the components where if you remember last meeting people provided feedback on different parts of town and the puzzle pieces and how do they all fit what considerations need to be thought of with regard to that that's what leads to, and then we did the guiding principles, and we, we shared that back during the last meeting. And then, now we're at the point where we're starting to take all that information and put forth, based on AppGeo's analysis, what are potential ways and scenarios in which this could, this could look um, for any type of redistricting. So like I said, this group, this is an analysis. So our goal here is to just look at different components, different scenarios, show what that shakes out to look like with regard to balance, enrollment, and you'll have the data with a map to kind of look at all that information at once. We've also provided some printed copies that we'll put out at the tables so that people, if you need to reference two scenarios at once and whatnot, we thought that might be helpful to just make sure we keep the conversation going. Thank you. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so uh, timeline kind of zoomed out from what we just talked about in the process. Here we are in this build, review, revise. We're looking at population projections. Next meeting, we'll start to look at, as we get feedback on potential scenarios, the next step is iterative. So what we'll want to do is look at, with any scenario, what does that look like in the next three to four to five years as the population and enrollment changes so that we can have more information and you can provide more feedback as well 
and try to like lay this out. Um, this isn't a small feat, but certainly this is why we're taking the time that we're taking to kind of go through this in a, a, a systemic way or a process-driven way. Um, and then ultimately, February and March, we'll look to um, have proposals shared out with the community in a forum, basically allowing this group, after you've weighed in, the idea is to go with a public type opportunity for anyone who wasn't on this committee to be able to look at where we're at and get additional feedback. And there's a process for that as well that allows people to weigh in. And then ultimately, the goal is to, by April, start to look at formulating what are the recommendations, whatever they look like. It could be scenarios that are recommended. It could be, um, um, depending on what we gather, it could be a scenario where we look at this makes sense to do now, this makes sense with the projected information we have to look ahead, but ultimately we're trying to just get to the, to the root of with these scenarios and with the information we have available to us, what would make the most sense. Um, I'll pause there just on timeline, and I want to be cognizant of time so that we can get through the scenarios and you get the full description, but um, any questions so far? This is going to be linked for you as well, so you can preview it and, and certainly um, ask questions. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi. Hi. Um, just to clarify, so it says 2021. So mm -hmm. that's like, are we? Oh, this is wrong. <laughs> yep, we know okay. 2022. Just to clarify. <laughs> Thank you. We'll, we'll fix that. Oh, God. Thank you. No, it hasn't good, been going. Good, good, good catch. <laughs> good catch. Thank you. And, go ahead. All right, so this is just a reminder of the guiding principles and where we landed. This slide is from the last meeting, um, but just to refresh your memory, if uh, once we link it, you'll also have the availability of that. So we hit on those six tenants, and then this gives more of a, an overview. If you haven't had a chance, the website has been updated to incorporate the work from this meeting, um, is along with other updates, if people weren't at this meeting, at least they can stay on pace with what's going on. All right, so we'll kick it to Priya, and um, I'll let you take over and present some of the scenario information. So we can um, run through some of these slides pretty quickly because you've seen them. This is the current districts, how you are. Sorry? Can you talk louder, please? Oh, yeah. You've seen these. I'm going to run through the current districts. This is how your uh, current districts are You know, for the elementary and the middle school. Um, you can see the, the, the different colors is signifying what the districts are. And then, of course, the three middle school districts. So that's what they are right currently. And then this is what the uh, breakdown by grade and the utilization is. And we reviewed all of this the last time, what the, you know, what the formula was for uh, figuring out what the percent utilization is. Uh, you can refer back to the previous uh, slide deck for an explanation of that. And as you can see, with the numbers at the elementary school district level, um, you know, focusing on the percent utilization, it is uh, significantly imbalanced. So that's why we're here, trying to get this uh, a little more balanced and um, equitable across the elementary schools and, of course, the middle school. Um, you know, uh, the numbers uh, are presented for, for all these different metrics as well, the uh, English language learners, the special ed, and the free reduced lunch as well. 
Um, and then of course you can see that for the middle schools as well, uh, what the percent utilization on each of them is currently. Okay. Next slide. Um, again, just to reiterate what we're doing, we built the components. Um, you, know, you, you, you helped us a little bit last time, looking at them, reviewing the components. We explained to you what they were, and you know, we built a few more. Um, and now we'll be looking at the actual scenarios. Next slide. <coughs> Next slide. Um, so um, as you can see, I, I, I hope, I mean, this is what primarily, this is the same thing as what we looked at last time. But we added a couple more components um, at the very north end um, of, of, of town with um, Kennedy. We added some additional components there. And that's pretty much the only you know, significant. We updated two of them as well. Um, was it um, Keller? So we updated the Armenter 9 area, which I think might have been 8 or something before, and the Oak 5 area as well. Those were both updated based on your feedback. Oh, right, correct. Oak 5, there was a significant change in Oak 5 because of the way the streets were. Um, so we incorporated all that feedback and, and, and created these, I mean, and then updated the, the components. And again, um, to, to reiterate, the components all, you know, we, we really try hard to make them follow neighborhood boundaries, and that's why that book five is a good example, you know, like trying to keep the uh, neighborhood together, um, and then, you know, following physical barriers or in behind a parcel so that the entire street will be in one component, so you followed all those rules. Okay, so now I'm going to dive into the scenarios. We have four scenarios to present to you. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all four of them very slowly, the best of my ability, and then we'll come back to them, and then we can sort of, you know, analyze each one individually. Does that sound good? It's okay. Um, so let's start with the first one. Uh, this is, uh, it's interesting because we actually created this scenario before we had the utilization of numbers. So we said, okay, let's just go, you know, just see what it looks like, make it all look very nice and pretty and organized. Mm -hmm. So the components were moved to sort of create this, you know, what we're calling a geographically logical map. So if you look at it, um, you can see, you know, how um, uh, Keller and Sutherland look, um, Parmenta looks, um, you know, Jeff. So we essentially moved the components around to make it look like this new map. And then that's what, you know, following the feeder pattern, that is what the middle schools would look like. So I'll give you a minute to just digest this. This is what a uh, you know, very sort of geographically neat map looks like. Uh, the next slide, please. We also will have printouts Correct. to put out when yeah. we hit the time to deal with okay. Yeah, you can look at it in a little more detail. In, in links. Um, so now looking at that very geographical map, this is what the utilization looks like. So you see uh, right off the bat, Parmenta is way above uh, you know, capacity and um, not so much with oak and you know, you can see the numbers, how they're, they're kind of really still out of whack. And I, like I said, this was before um, we had the utilization numbers. And it's good to have this to sort of see what happens to, you know, when you move these components around what the numbers would look like. Um, so, okay, the, the next slide. Um, the middle school is even more, like now Sullivan is at 43% and um, Remington is at 71%. So it's really, now you can sort of see, you know, it gives you a clue as to what it is that you can 
um, improve on. And so this process is really just a, um, you know, versions of, of scenario one. So you create one and then you just keep adjusting it till you get to a place where you're comfortable with the numbers. Um, and then of course, geographically also it needs to make sense. Okay, so the next one. Uh, this is the second one. And so we moved the, um, so we sort of now said, okay, now let's look at the utilization now that we have the number. And we wanted to focus on sort of decreasing the utilization in Parmenter from scenario one, which was really high. And so um, as a result, of course, we had to move some of the, um, you know, the, the components that we were putting into, into Parmenter out of there. And so as a result, you know, those were the changes that we made. And, uh, you know, and we had to fill oak a little bit, so then we took some from uh, you know, that, that oak component, we put it back into oak, um, and then we took some of this, this Jefferson component, put that into Parmenter. So you can see that you know, the adjustments would be made, and uh, I think the last time when we were doing the component building, you saw how each of the components, we, knew, we know the information of how many students are in each component, so when we move it, you know, okay, this is going to you know, bump it up or lose it or what happens. So, so this is what scenario two looks like, and then of course, you know, similarly with the middle schools. Okay, so now, you know, while we were building this, we were conscious of the utilization. So, so now you can see that it's a little more uh, balanced um, with uh, Parmenter at 92, still high. Um, and um, uh, you know Jefferson, you can see the numbers here. Kennedy's at 91, um, and Oak is now at 86. Um, you know, one of the things that keeps popping up is that you know you have that pretty high number at the of the free and reduced lunch at uh, Parmenter, and that seems to sort of consistently stick around. And you know, we can talk a little bit more about that down the line. But I just wanted to point it out to you. Okay, the, the next just a quick question. Did, do you have data on each of the scenarios of the total impact of students in each scenario? Yes, we would have that. Yes. So at this point, what I'm trying, what we're trying to do is sort of just you know share this with you as a as a first pass. Let's look at these. You know, give us some feedback on what you think. Maybe we can build some more scenarios. And the next time we come back with all that information, students affected, uh, potentially drive times for students, um, also the projections, that's other, another key thing. You know, we have the projection numbers, so we'll apply those and present the same scenarios with the projections. Now, you know, it doesn't make sense to do any of that with scenario one, right? Like, that's up. There's no point in even considering scenario one because you've got Parliament and 109. So, there's no point in putting the effort into you know, getting into any more elaboration on that. So what we try to do is whittle it down to something that is really workable and then add the detail to it and then present that to you. So I, I hope that answers your question. Okay, so um, this is, now this is what the middle school looks like. Sullivan is still at 44% as a result of you know, this. this. <laughs> so, you know, sort of juggling both elementary and middle, and you can see is consistently going to be a problem. Um, okay, so the, the next scenario is three, and here what we did was, um, you know, equalizing both uh, the utilization and creating a geographically logical map. So there was that, you know, that oak sticking out there um, into Keller, so, you know, we put that back into Keller, 
um, we um, adjusted some of the, the oak districts and also up top, um, you know, moving stuff into um, Kennedy. So a few changes you can see here, the Jefferson is back into Jefferson. Uh, Parmenter 3 has been moved into Jefferson. So we're sort of, sort of trying to make it a little more logical, the map, and um, also see if we can get the numbers to balance. And so, so sure, the numbers were a little more balanced. Um, and um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, because correct me if I'm wrong, but um, with Kennedy, we were also trying to reduce some of the numbers at Kennedy, right? But we, there are modulars. I think we, some of them have been uh, reached out about that part. We have talked about the modulars. I know um, we have a new uh, member here today. This is Mike D'Angelo. He's the director of facilities for the town of Franklin. He's here, um, he's been a member of the team. He's joining us tonight for, uh, for this meeting. And um, that was an area that currently we use the modulars. They're in, in effect. Um, there was, at one time, we had discussed what would be the, um, the, the, what's the word? lifetime of the modulars, if you will, and they are operational. They're they're able to be used. So, and I'm not putting you on the spot, Mike, but uh, there hasn't been any recent discussion about closing those. But one thing would be is that's a consideration is while we're at this moment in time to start to think about what would be a long term. Do we count those in right now? Currently, there's no classrooms uh, as far as like a first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, but we do have health um, that we use those. There's music, there's also um, a pull-out space, and um, so that's how that space is currently used, so that is a factor. Yes? A module, like a flex space? Module is like an addition built on that's not part of the original building, but has been used. We have modules in other spaces and other schools along the way, um, but uh, there's still, there's still one that can um, okay, so you can see now that you know uh, the numbers are are, are are balanced and geographically it's a little more contiguous. Um, and then uh, looking at the middle schools, we still have a problem with Sullivan being really underutilized at forty-seven percent. And um, so what what we decided to do was to consider as a, as a, another scenario was to actually break the feeder pattern because otherwise there's just no way to balance the middle schools. And when you break a feeder pattern, you know, there's of course the, the, the consequence of students not following their cohort into the same middle school, but what you attempt to do is to create a big enough cohort that moves to the other schools that it doesn't feel like it's just a few that you're moving. So we, we attempted to do that. So there's a large, large enough um, you know, student body from one elementary school going to the other a middle school, not the feeder pattern. So, so this is scenario four. The elementary school would be the same as scenario three. So it's the same, um, same geographical, uh, you know, uh, constitution of the components. But as far as the middle schools are concerned, um, what happens is we have a few components, um, uh, especially Kennedy three, um, uh, Keller four, Keller thirteen. Parmenter 8 and Parmenter 9. Those are the ones that would break from their feeder pattern. So as you can see, uh, Kennedy 3 and Keller 4 is, is, is two big components. I, uh, I'm sorry, I don't have the numbers right at the top of my head right now as to how many students those are. But those would go into um, Sullivan. And then similarly, um, here you have uh, 
Kerala uh, 13, Parmenter 8, and 9, which is a uh, you know another large uh, you know, um, dense. That's a little more. There are many more students there going into Sullivan. So this way, we are getting more students pushed into Sullivan, <coughs> balancing the middle school. So now let's look at the numbers. Um, the elementary schools would stay the same, Oops. Um, and then the middle schools would be, as you can see, Sullivan is now at 61, Remington 58, and um, Hartsman 61. So, so you know, trying to solve the problem of utilization by being a little more creative and breaking the feeder pattern. So this is what you know we have we've looked at these four scenarios. I also want to um, share with you another scenario that we built, which is the is the next slide, and this is um, actually closing a school. And this is something that uh, was in the KBA report as a potential, and that's why we looked at it only from you know looking at it and analyzing it, and it's clearly not viable. I mean, you can see that the utilization is off the charts for all the schools. So. You know, as an exercise, we did, did our due diligence and looked at it, and you know, it's been it's been mixed because if there's any discussion in the community about it, at least we've done the you know the analysis and looked at it, and 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 you know, there has to be a plan if you want to do something like this. So, um, I'll let Lucas talk more to this if you have questions, but you know, I'd like to also focus on the four scenarios that we built and get your feedback on it. Um, and then you know we can dive into each one of them, and we've got all of these materials as well uh, for you to look at each of them and uh, you know give us feedback. And very soon, and I, and I apologize that we don't have this up yet, but tomorrow um, we hope to have a story map on um, online, so that when you're home, you can you know look at the same deck more in a you know in a interactive way. You know move around on the map as well, and uh, and look at the scenarios that way with the with the details of the tables right next to it. So we have all of that ready, um, I hope, tomorrow. So um, for now, it's just, the, it's just the Google slide deck so and the, and the screenshots. But um, hopefully, that's plenty of information, and we can weigh in on what they look like right now. So um, questions, or uh, Lucas, if you want to address no, I, I think you hit on, on some of the key points. One was having you do an analysis of our space and how it could be utilized. It did come up publicly. It was asked. The question was asked during um, a FinCom meeting. It's been asked in other um, public venues as well. Um, and I just thought we thought what we had committed to this group was we weren't going to share any scenario information unless you heard it from this table. If you remember how we left it, so um, any scenario that moves forward needs to be viable for next year. So as we look at projections and we look at enrollment, next meeting, we're going to look at that closer to kind of look at what does each of these things look down the path. But at this point, if it can't happen for next year, it doesn't feel like something we should be um, prioritizing to, to move uh, much further on. The, um, the other piece that you mentioned, uh, Priya, that I wanted to say, there's also um, when you uh, close a school, as some of you in this room have experienced, there's a policy um, that the school committee has around that process, and that's its own analysis of closing. So I just would put that out there that that's a, another um, a, another process that would need to take place if that's something that um, the school committee is interested to engage in. But I can just tell you, based on the information that we have and the data that we'll continue to share with you, this wasn't a, um, an option at this time. Okay. 
you remind us what um, the target utilizations are, sort of the ideal that we'd be looking for? Well, the, what you see here is already 95% of the target utilization. So if you hit 100%, oh, I know, I know, not this, but the other scenarios. If we're if we're weighing them against each other, is it 85%? Is it what is our target we're trying to hit? Well, so, so can I rephrase the question? So in a perfect world, what would be our, our what would be the number that we want to hit? Not not. This kind of new district, but just in general, is it like 85% utilization of a building? Is it less than? Is it more than? Like what, what would be like the ideal state? So, MS, so Miriam, do you want to hit on this? Yeah, so MSBA uh, has standard um, utilization figures, excuse me, that identify um, that number at 95% at the elementary level and 85% at the middle school level. So, those are the um, numbers that we use to come up with the functional capacity that, um, that we were looking for, that we gave to um, AFGEO. So the utilization numbers that they're coming up with here um, already take that into account. So if you look at, uh, can we go to the next slide? Mm -hmm. If you look at that functional capacity of like Jefferson 392, that is 95%, like that's the 95% number. So if you hit 100% on it, you are still okay. You're at 95% of the utilization. So. Before we link the information in the agenda and hand out the copies, are there questions on the scenarios that right now we can put up so that everyone has them? Um, that would be helpful for Priya or someone or any of us to try to help clarify. Elise? Um, so I wasn't able to attend the last meeting That's going to be a big thing in our town, um, and we 
and I'm, I'm guessing from all the reports that have been done on those buildings that it's going to be before eight or ten years. So I think I just sort of get, I just like get a little bit nervous about like, don't make me commit to one of these because I feel like there's other variables, other information that, that aren't included in this and I'm not sure if that's part of, um, like if that's part of our contract with you or is that like, do we need to bring to school committee and quick pull something together and have a closing study or like, I don't even think we need to talk closing studies, but we need, they need attention and they need, you know, to be updated because um, they continue for another 10 years. So it's a great question, and it's probably one that others have either had or haven't articulated, but it's been on their mind. And I just pulled the, I have the Kessel Booz report, and it talks about a 10-year need, and to, um, in 10 years, to have implemented a master facilities plan. Um, in any scenario, um, and this, you may remember this from the DT closure, anytime you talk about closing a school, it's a, it's a scenario where if you make that choice, and your population declines, eventually the projections show that the population will come and climb back up. And unless you have a plan to build a new facility and then shift and consolidate, it's got to be in connection to um, a larger master facilities plan. So um, I know the scope of our work is to redistrict and look at how we can have something sustainable, not just for next year, but for the future years as we look at our enrollment and our projections. But um, a piece of that is, what do we want in the future? But I can tell you that I have not been a part of a discussion around um, specifically building a new school or looking at that because we're seeing, we have to be thinking long-term, long, long-term, but ultimately I think there's a window of time currently that we also need to be really considering between now and within this next 10 years. So. Um, if, if it helps, what we can do is dive in and share a little bit more. If you want next next meeting, come with some um, some more information. The, this report's online. Um, I encourage folks to read it because it does talk about that. And it does talk. The first paragraph talks about um, the study being done, but not accounting for all of the um, the specialized programs and the spaces we have in our building. So it's it's like recommending like you should do that and make sure you account for that as you move forward. So. Um, there's a lot of valuable information, and uh, certainly what we've attempted to do is try to bring in their information, and then look at the MSBA, use the state's recommendations for functional capacity, and then put forth a plan. And I think the question around projections um, is a good next logical step as well. So um, I understand the question, but a long, maybe the recommendation is a long-range a long master plan for what you do when your population starts to increase again. Right, and I think like where does this fall within that? We shouldn't wait another 20 years to redistrict. So if we did this and then in 10 years you, uh, a decision's made along the way to build a facility, consolidate, create a super middle school, um, that could be very well in 2029, 2030, 2030. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So. Um, but we could have a super middle school sooner. I just, I don't know. It's an interesting, we can, we can, we can talk about it later, but I, do, yeah. I, I think it's an interesting idea, especially since all the middle school utilization rates are really low. Like, they're not at 85% in these projections, right? Yeah. Anyway, so it's just a... It is. So we can, um, we can try to prepare some more information with, from our working group. Um, I know that Priya, we talked 
the analysis and trying to get some feedback on this information will help move us. But if there are things that through your table you're wanting more info on or you think like should be um, looked at, I mean, I can't, we can't make promises to every single request, but if it's a viable option, we're certainly not. Um, we're here to be transparent with the information we have and what we know and, and try to walk through this in a, in a systematic way. Is um, ECDC factored into any of this? Either the space or the number of students? It's the preschool program. And it's um, connected to Oak Street and Horseman. So um, it, is, it is a factor. We're looking at, we have reached our capacity at ECDC, as you all know. I think we mentioned it at one of the, the, one of the former meetings. So um, the population, bubble, if that were to increase, we would need to look at, um, and one of, one of our plans is as we look at these, where there's space, you know, we have to, I don't want to get ahead of this, and we certainly haven't had, we talked about having this scenario conversation here with this group, but one thing we are trying to look at is how do we account for space, and if, if everyone can't fit in one location, does it make sense to have more than one location? Does it make sense to, to look at that and try to, try to be strategic and planful around where we would put um, part of ACDC as well. But I ask because maybe if there's excess space in the middle schools, that can be thought about. That's, that's been a, a consideration. Um, hi. I just, there is a question in the chat. Um, was the scenario of transitioning fifth graders to middle schools brought up and or can panelists comment? Um, sh uh, yeah, I mean, we can open it up. Um, we've so that question is around, it sounds like transitioning from moving grades. So some, some districts will have a K through four and then a five through eight. Um, that's a scenario um, I, I, know that, I know that we haven't, we started to look at. Um, it's certainly something that we would have to recommend if we feel that's educationally sound, but we're looking to, we're trying to look at all the avenues. We just prepared in order to be as targeted and kind of um, clear about today was just looking at what happens if you drop to four, what, what about five, and are there different variations of five elementaries that you should have in front of you at least to look at. We're looking to add another meeting as well. I think we recognize that some of this is gonna take a few more meetings to look at, but one, I wanna just caution us all on just making sure we can go through this and we can um, provide information. That's why we have this committee is really to get this analysis and try to build it out. Um, but I would want us to be, we have to vet the scenarios. I've heard a lot of things to, asked of me over the last, you know, and there are no one on the advisory committee, but certainly what about this, what about that? And it's like, you know, we have to kind of keep it within the realm of what's, what's possible. And ultimately if we put forth recommendations, and there's a few, we give the opportunity, we give the school committee a chance to vote on any one of those scenarios. What, yes? Uh, just thinking about the option five that was not viable going down to four mm -hmm. elementary schools because it put everyone over 100%. Is scenario one viable if we're looking at parmenter at 109%? Like, is that even a viable option for us to dig into? No, that's, no. that's what I said at the start. Oh, it's just because when so we're two to four. Sorry? Two, three, four. Right. I mean, okay. you know, and variations on it. Right? Gotcha. You know, so like I've already heard, you know, a potential variation is 
I mean, like doing the whole, uh, I think, K through four and then five, five to eight is a massive decision for the district to make then, because then if you're going down that route, then you build scenarios with that in mind. I, I don't but, think that's what, it was more like, if we, can you uh, flip to scenario two for just a second? Sure. If, if we take, like one of those, Oak five is flipping from Oak to Kennedy, right? But then if you take the, the fifth graders from that district and you just don't add them into the Kennedy district. So they would stay at Oak through their fifth grade graduation, right? It's like take those 40 kids or whatever they are. That's it, that would be like a scenario 2B or something. But that, so you'd have one elementary that had fifth grade only? Or? No, it would be like they would sort of stay in the Oak system for their last we're talking about transitioning. That's, yeah, versus, transitioning. Yeah. That's, a, that's not a scenario because yeah. that's just a, a policy thing to accommodate the students who are uh, changing. School. It would shift the, the numbers of kids. That's only moving. for a year. So that's not a, you know, that's only for that because you don't want to inconvenience and move kids for just a year right. and keep them. And that's a policy decision that the, that the district can make. But that's not really a scenario. A scenario is when you make a decision that, okay, all our schools are going to be K through 4, and the middle schools are going to be 5, 6, 7, 8, then you have to figure out how to, you know, uh, accommodate all of the fifth graders into the middle schools. So that's, that's, the, that's a bigger, bigger uh, scenario. And I'm assuming as part of these additional scenarios, like having fifth grade sort of middle school or having one large middle school, or shall we now call it a junior high, I'm sure we would dig into it and talk about the social emotional impacts that this could potentially have as well. Right? If we changed into some these are larger philosophical scenarios versus these more right. logistical. Right, so sorry, coming back to your question about one, we built that before we had the utilization numbers. So we just thought we'd share it with you just to show you that okay, when you you know you're just sort of making a nice pretty map, this is what you end up with. Yeah. So we well, don't that, that was actually the original question around was, what if you just moved to different locations of town and put them around the school in which, that's, that was the original before we looked at any kind of data. So that was actually <coughs> something that people brought up a lot. Particularly, there was a cutout, if you remember, um, that dissected two sections of Keller, uh, I believe, that it just like, well, what, would, what if you did that? What would that look like? And that's how this came to be. Yes? Um, one of the building admin online has a question. Yep. Just raising your hand. Okay. You can try to. Uh, let's yeah. just try to get you to be able to speak okay. here, Stephanie. I just did it. Oh. No, I think you have to turn the volume on. To here. Uh, context to um, the previous point of of the possibility of fifth grade moving into middle school. I just wondered, and I was questioning, I couldn't quite hear if that was brought up, um, but I just think to Elise's point, um, you know, about uh, the projections and, and kind of those more permanent solutions, I'm wonder, just a wonder what those numbers might look like um, as we wait on some of those bigger scenarios. Um, if there is any, and this is a true question, um, any less impactful, um, even temporary scenarios that would lessen the capacity on elementary and 
provide more of a robust capacity at middle school, having fifth transition one year earlier, transition into a, a five through eight model at middle schools. Um, if I'm looking, and this is not true for all current elementary schools, but it look, looks like the majority, the numbers are higher in fifth than they are for the kindergartners coming in. So if we transition those fifth graders into middle school a year earlier, would it be less impactful in terms of, you know, while we wait for a, a bigger decision, um, would it be a less impactful, even temporary solution to have that transition? It would not affect bus routes. Um, it would not redistrict neighborhoods. Um, but again, it would lessen capacity for some elementary schools and provide more robust numbers at middle, even temporarily. Um, so just kind of a, a thought. I don't know what those numbers would look like, but a thought. Yes, sir. Thanks, Steph. Hello. You're good. You're good. I think jumping off that idea, which is an interesting idea, I think, in general, and when it happens to apply at every single school, to give you just a quick example, even focusing on one of the issues that we have, Helen Keller and Sullivan, I think we've clearly seen that getting um, Sullivan balanced out is pretty challenging, it looks like for an equal utilization of the middle schools. If just in that district alone, not even touching districts as a scenario, no one changes, zero impacted students. If the fifth graders in the ballpark went into the middle school, your middle school now drops down to 86% utilization. Your middle school goes up to 67%. Compare against Remington at 63 and Horseman at 62. You've instantly created a 100% balanced middle school system, brought your Helen Keller back well within your range, and you've literally redistricted not a single child's entire school district by that one concept. Very simple. Very simple. Uh, the, the question becomes, maybe we can make the No, just that one district. Well, see, I personally think it has to be an all or nothing thing because there's a huge difference between fifth graders who are surrounded by kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, and fifth graders who are surrounded by sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. So I think personally, if we're going to move fifth grade up, it has to be every single school is doing it because social emotionally, the kids who are going in with sixth, seventh, and eighth graders are going to be totally different fifth graders than the fifth graders who are with fourth, third, second graders. And then there's the whole uh, resources issue as well. So you know, the fifth grade staff will have to be then moved to the just for that school to Sutherland. So I don't know how the district will deal with that. So yeah. So I think to help us like compare. If we diverge and, and bifurcate these things so differently, it's hard to compare. So that's why we present out the five school scenarios. They are all, all our five school scenarios. They are all five through eight to five, six through eight. They are all consistent. The only differences are the movement of the components. I don't think you can compare movement of the components and also four schools or a middle school that's a Five through eight, or yeah, five through eight, two these. So I think for right now, we focus on just the five through eight things. At least help us figure out, okay, 
of these scenarios, what is viable, what makes sense, what do we want to move forward with, what do we not want to move forward with, and then we look at different scenarios that are separate than this, that is a different change beyond being yeah. where students are. Hopefully that might lead us to get back to we, Yes, that's, yes, and then what we can do is next meeting, we can prepare some of this information and some of the data to show how that shapes out, because I think we understand the concepts. What we can do is put it down and just show, um, can show those next time. But we were trying to stream, trying to keep this focused on this scenario group so that we didn't mix and match. But then we can um, come to that. Yes. I just wanted to. Um, there was one other person on yeah. the line back there. Okay. And. I think I have to um, unmute here, okay? Here we go. Let's try it. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Uh, I think there's some feedback. Um, All right. Try it now, Brian. Um, is that better? Brian, every time, I think um, when we have a quiet, if we, um, I think it's no one's fault, no one's in trouble. I'm just saying, I think if the room's silent, it doesn't pick it up. I think that's how Stephanie could speak, so. Okay. We're just going to try it. All right, here we go. Let's, I could be wrong. Um, okay, uh, okay, can you hear, I guess, I'll assume you can hear me now. Um, I can't hear. Uh, so, uh, I, I just wanted to, uh, so I, I noticed that I think all the scenarios we're considering um, uh, have at least a few components that were affected by the Davis-Thayer closure. And I know we had discussed in the first meeting, you know, one of the leading tents was to uh, minimize impact to those students who had already been moved. And so I wondered whether um, any of the scenarios that we had discussed in that first meeting um, were were looked at. I think that included things like for letting the kids that you know were already forced to move once, you know, continue to go to Helen Keller, you know, through the rest of their elementary school um, career. Um, and so I wondered whether whether that was looked at and whether there was um, capacity available to allow that if, if there had been any sort of you know, polling to see um, how many students might um, might go for that option. Okay. Can you still hear us, Brian? Yeah. Okay. So, um, Two things. One, we had a guiding principle in there around Davis there and being cognizant of the move and trying not to make multiple moves. Um, I've done some research. I tried to find um, anything I could find in writing, anything I could hear in the meetings. What I do know is I know that um, I talked to Dr. Hearn. She assured me that there were um, conversations had around considerations for Davis Thayer families. It amounts to approximately about 100 students. Um, so what I need to do is fact check a little more. If you have something in writing or something that was said, I know uh, I know MJ's here as well, and I would just say that 
I'm trying to balance kind of what was either said to folks or not, but I'm, I'm trying to deal with uh, the information I have in front of me. Um, it's approximately 100 kids, um, and from that, I think um, one scenario uh, would be around the choice of whether they stayed or not. What I think we're trying to get to is not have folks um, clouded by where your house is and where your school should be. Um, so if you live somewhere and it makes logical sense that your house should go to a school, uh, we need to be able to think objectively about that. Um, but I'm also trying to, people have come to me and said that this was said. I'm trying to just figure this out and, and, and honor either what was or wasn't said. And, um, I'll open it up. Yes. I should say, I, I'm one of those people affected. I, I've had kids that have moved. Yeah. I would just say, even if even if there's not something in writing, I feel like we need to mm -hmm. think about what's educationally sound for these kids and socially emotionally sound for these kids. They were like COVID kids, been to their second school. I think a third school in five years um, is far less than ideal from, and I'm, I'm a teacher too, so like from an educational standpoint, not ideal, so I think writing or not writing, mm -hmm. we have a duty to the kids to make sure we're, we're taking care of them. Thank you. Other? I just had a, another thought, and I'm thinking about the middle school and like the long-term plan where we may need to eventually close down some schools. Would it be possible at this time to move the three middle schools into two, which would be the Annie Sullivan complex and the Remington complex. And then with the Horace Mann complex, we could expand some room in for ECDC and then possibly do Carmenter into the Horace Mann side so that all the schools would stay with where they are. The only displacement would be Horace Mann would be at a different comp, I mean, Carmenter would be at a different complex, which you'd also have enough room because Horace Mann is a big complex and can have 600. You'd have room to expand ECDC and you'd have the two middle schools for now. And everybody else just stays where they are. So Horace Mann would be Carmenter and ECDC. Jane, if you want to articulate that in detail, I'm not fully tracking just all the movement, and also I think it gets away from some of the guiding principles around okay. all of that movement. And right. I just would talk about the process for okay. some. I'm not. I'm not just, I don't want to discredit you, like right. uh, your idea, but I think if we can, I think at this point, because we're going to keep hearing individual proposals, I think if we can get those with the time we have down and then come back next meeting with some of the ones that are viable and be clear and report out, it might be the best use of time. Okay. But if you want to put that down in that idea, okay. does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come back together. Can I have your attention, please? What we'll do if you look at the slide deck, you'll notice um, we have some next steps. So this information that you share with your table, we're also going to send you your own form that allows you to continue this discussion on, on an individual basis around um, feedback, likes, dislikes, and uh, considerations. In addition to that, 
We're going to come back um, next meeting. Um, we talked about sharing some other potential scenarios, right? Some of them, some of them were discussed in this particular meeting. And then we'll also have the projection information um, for uh, for this group as well to talk about what are the multi-year impacts of any of any decision. And meeting four, Tuesday, February seventh. That is the meeting that we didn't. I'm trying to think. That's it wasn't the, scheduled. That's the one. We've added an additional in to try to add another meeting in. If you can't make that meeting, please let me know. Uh, but we will offer a hybrid again as well, and knowing that um, folks may not have. And we'll keep the same meeting that we already had after that. I think it's March. Um, yeah. No, the February yeah. 2nd, and now you're adding in Tuesday the 7th. There was none after February. Okay. So we mean so we the second, yep. no. which was a Thursday, which was yeah. weird. I double checked it because I thought that was weird. Yes, but yeah, it's a Thursday. Let me double check the stadium. Then. Sorry, did, did you say there's a there's a meeting on Thursday, February second? Yeah. Which oh. we had in there already. We had it as a Thursday. Oh, yeah. then maybe this is wrong. Yeah. yeah. We'll double check that date. When we send out the survey, when we send That's out the survey to you, we'll put out we'll put out the additional uh, date for you as well. So we are adding March 21st, though, or you're just going to wait and um, get back to us? So you said that... That was, in, that was February 2nd on that Oh, that was always scheduled? I, I uh, guess it, it, was, it was. It was meant to be a Thursday. If you go back to the uh, sign-up form, I think we had to um, adjust those dates because of some conflicts that were occurring. But what we can do is put out the information again. We were looking to add an additional date. And... We'll put out the form for you as well to provide some input, feedback, suggestions, any other information you want us to know. So we can come back to this team. And we'll put the um, the remaining dates that we have so you have them and we'll shore up we'll shore up these slides and this date. I'm not sure what happened there. So you're gonna look into the second? Yes. It seems close to where the second to the second. Okay. Right. So. Okay. That's okay. We'll look at a venue change potentially. Um, um, just um, to just to wrap up. So what we'll do? I appreciate your uh, your input. The discussions that took place. Do we need to continue the discussion on some of these? Please know um, all of this is scenario based. So we're looking at the information we have right now in front of us. But you're the advisory committee. One um, ask I have of you is as you interact with the community, you know, you share your perspective and, and certainly you're entitled to whatever opinions you have, but ultimately you're here in this capacity to represent. So if people ask you, you can put them back to the website. You can share your, uh, your thoughts, but ultimately these are scenarios, so nothing's been um, set in stone. Once again, it's a school committee vote, um, and that's the final decision, but our goal is to work through this, so we have uh, viable options for consideration um, at later later this year. Okay. All right. So we'll send out the survey, um, and you can provide that feedback. You can expect that in the coming days. Thank you, everybody. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. 
Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.